Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Well, slap us naked and hide our clothes. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Uh, good, dude, good. And I, I forgot all liquids. You know, What do you mean you forgot all liquids? Uh, I don't have water. I don't have beer. You have nothing. I'm bone dry, yeah. Oh, I have uh, a little sip of water. That's about it. But yeah, I guess for the, I mean, in a, about, by the end of the episode, I'll be bone dry as well. <laughs> that sucks. And it's and it's past it's it's past noon o'clock when we can uh, start drinking. I know, I know. We got caught up in in other discussions, and I, I just yeah. forgot the the beer. I don't even know how I forgot a beer. I know, and I had to drive my parents to the airport, so it's just a whole mess of stuff going on today. But anyway, I digress. Uh, today's catchphrase is "Well, slap us naked and hide our clothes." That was sent in by Quinny Pig. Thank you, Quinny Pig. Well, I don't understand what that means. Do you know? What, <laughs> is that from something, Andrew? Do you know? I, I don't know. I, I think you should have just said like money at the end. So slap us naked and call us pigs. Money. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll slap us naked, hide our clothes, or hide our money. Yeah. Well, it's a catchphrase. It's, it's, it's today's catchphrase, and uh, that was sent in by Quinny Pig. And you can send them into our Twitter account. It's at Money Matters Man. And you can also send them into our Facebook page if you like. It's uh, facebook.com slash listen money matters. And come hang out there because there's it's it's good times. We have a whole little community uh, a brewing since we drink beer, but not on today's podcast. Uh, we have a guest on the show today, and we're going to talk about identity theft. Uh, today we have Robert Siciliano, and he has a website called idtheftsecurity.com. And you can also check out his book. 99 things you wish you knew before your identity was stolen. So, Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you, gents. So, uh, tell us all 99 things that I wish I knew before <laughs> my identity was stolen. No, I mean, what what is that? Uh, what's like, I mean, Andrew, have you, I feel like you've had your identity stolen. Well, so so I think maybe the, the first question is, I, I don't think my identity was stolen. Some of my details were stolen. And mm. so, Robert, like, what do you consider identity theft and like what are the different degrees of concernedness <laughs> yeah so great questions there's really two uh fundamental kinds of financial identity theft and they revolve around what's called new account fraud and account takeover hmm. and so new account fraud is really pure identity theft. That's basically when somebody gets a hold of your social security number, right? Because we all have that. Yeah. And once they get a hold of your social, they begin to pose as you. They they steal your identity and they begin to open up new lines of credit under your name, of course, without your authorization. And they get credit cards and bank accounts. They get checks from those banks. They get loans and they get mobile phones and utilities. They buy cars. They do all these things that revolve around getting lines of credit with your name and social. That's new account fraud. Hmm. And in the end, when that happens, obviously the bad guy's not going to pay the bill. And um, you end up, you know, getting calls from collections agencies because you they're, look like a deadbeat. You right. Look like a de- because they think that you weren't the one that paid the bill. Right. So that's that's new account fraud as it pertains to identity theft. And, and then there's what's called account takeover. So account takeover really is the most prevalent form of identity theft. And for example, like if your credit card number is compromised, like the credit card you have in your wallet is used by somebody without your authorization, that is account takeover. And so like if your bank account gets hacked, like the bad guy gets your username, they get your password, they log into your bank account, they begin to funnel money out of your account, they transfer it overseas or whatever, that's account takeover. And so 
all of the account takeovers um, can be protected to a certain degree. You know, you have to pay attention to your devices. You know, you're making sure your antivirus is up to date, anti-spyware, anti-phishing, a firewall. You can't protect yourself from credit card fraud, though. You know, like every time you give your credit card out, there's a chance the person you gave it to can scam it. They can make charges without you, without your authorization. So in that situation, as long as you're paying attention to your statements and you refute those unauthorized charges pretty quickly, like within 60 days by federal law, then, you know, the bank resets the clock, the credit card company resets the clock to make you whole. Wow. So I, yeah, man. So that's what happened to you, Andrew, a bunch of times. Yeah. They just took my number and started buying stuff. And, and that sucks because you can't, there's no way to protect yourself in that in that in that way but i know there are some things that are coming out there's some new technologies coming out like this apple pay that's coming out that i i I would hope uh would deter people from that is that is that what you're hearing so i I love all that stuff okay there are so as far as like account takeover goes you know uh, it's it's not as worrisome i mean what happened to you, Andrew, is, you know, I mean, it sucks. It sucks that, like, people make unauthorized transactions, and then if you're not paying attention, you have, you, you end up supporting the lifestyle of an identity. Right. right. Mm. But um, in the end, you know, as long as you're pay, paying attention to, to those transactions, you're fine. You know, the bank resets the clock, and you're good. But, yeah, there are a number of different technologies that are coming down the pike that will slow down and or stop for certain forms of account takeover. For example... We've been hearing a lot about credit card fraud the past few years because of all these data breaches, right? Mm-hmm. Like Target. That's what happened to me. Yeah. Well, the reason why we're hearing so much about these data breaches, the reason why they're happening so much is because, first and foremost, the bad guys recognize the gold rush is coming to an end. They, mm. they know that it's just a matter of time until the U.S. tightens up their credit card security and, you know, they won't be able to use our numbers, our credit card numbers, without, you know, our authorization because basically all of our digits will be properly encrypted. So, yeah, or we won't have single credit card numbers. Well, every single transaction would be a different number. Well, what we're looking at is something called chip and pin. So you've heard of chip and pin. You might not entirely understand what it is, but it's- I've never heard of it, no. All right. Well, it's uh, it's coming out in August, October of 2015. Actually, is when all the merchants are going to be required uh, by Visa, Mastercard, American Express to um, be able to take uh, chip and pin. So, what this is is like: Do you have any credit cards in your wallet right now? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So your credit cards have one of two things on them, or both. They have the magnetic stripe that's in the back, mm-hmm. and that's the old credit card technology. Right. And if you've received a new credit card in the past six months, it might have that old magnetic strip in the back, but then it actually has like a little chip in the front. Yeah, I have a Chase Sapphire Preferred that has a chip in the front. All right. That is the chip part of chip and pin. Ah. All right. So what that does is that has your credit card information on it too. But here in the States... We're still reading a credit card with that magnetic stripe in the back. Whereas if you go to Europe, they're not going to read that stripe. Right. They're doing the chip. Right. Hmm. So for purposes of just your card being able to be used overseas, you have that chip right now. But again, in October of 2015, 
that magnetic stripe is going to begin to fade away. And all of the credit card readers, like the point of sale readers, you know, every time you swipe your card, that's called the point of sale. Yeah. And by October of 2015 and beyond, all the merchants, all the retailers are going to swap out all of their old antiquated technologies that, ex that, that swipe that strip in the back. And they're basically just going to be reading that chip in the front. Is that going to be by law? So the Obama administration has actually come out and said, all right, enough is enough with this magnetic stripe. We want all chip and pin. Yeah. But it's not by law. Like they've said, we want this to happen or else. Right. But it's kind of like a toothless, you know, there's no real like bite to it. Mm -hmm. It's really the payment card industry, uh, the PCI council, pay payment card industry council that has said, listen, retailers, you are going to be responsible for all these for all this fraud and all these data breaches if you don't implement uh, chip and pin technology by October 2015, and they're giving online retailers like another year. So yeah, I was going to say, how do they? How does it stop the online stuff from happening? So that's a good question. So um, what you're going to see is um, various technologies being rolled out in the next couple of years that uh, revolve around the uh, the chip and pin. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there'll be uh, uh, like a one-time token that'll also be rolled out that uh, um, will be required every time you do an online purchase. Mm -hmm. So the technology is already there to make all that happen, but it's just not there and implemented here in the U.S. For, for, and for even small retailers who have to switch over to that, I'm sure is going to be a pain. It's going to it's going to be expensive. Yeah. It's going to cost a lot of money for for you know overall, yeah. which is one of the reasons why here in the U.S. we haven't uh, gone that route. The, and the other reason why we haven't gone that route is because um, five to seven years ago, it was thought that we weren't going to use chip and pin at all because we were going to leapfrog chip and pin and go right to things like Apple Pay. Mm. So Apple Pay technology revolves around something called. Near field communications or NFC. Mm -hmm. So near field communications. If you have a card right now that you can swipe it, like if you you can just like wave it in front of a thing. Yes, they yeah. call that a proximity card. Right. I have. I think I have one of those. Yeah. I don't have one of those. So if you have a proximity card and you wave it, that's using NFC, near field communications technologies. There's a certain amount of encryption in that wireless technology, so you just wave it opposed to swipe it. And uh, that's what Apple Pay has. Apple Pay has NFC. So in that iPhone, uh, the iPhone six, six, yeah, six and six plus, there's a little chip in there that recognizes the um, NFC, and it reads the um, cards or the it, it communicates with the uh, point of sale that has the NFC readability. So I love that. I think that's great. Now, mind you, that technology has been around for, for a long time, yeah. like in, excess, in excess of ten years. It's been around for quite some time. And, you know, Google's had it on their Android phones. But the reason it hasn't taken off is because, first and foremost, not all the point-of-sale readers read NFC. Mm -hmm. But now what's happening is, with first and foremost, with Apple – look, at, do you have an Android or a uh, – or yeah, yeah, we're both iPhone users. Okay. Well, Android is, 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 has, I think, 52% of the market share right now. Whereas iPhone is like 48% or something, maybe even less than that. Mm -hmm. 
But iPhone rocks. Like Apple rocks. Apple is known to take older technologies that blow and Apple makes them better. You know, like Windows put out a technology, uh, the, the tablet, back in 2000. And it just just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And then a- Apple comes around and makes the iPad. It makes it awesome. Same thing with mobile phones. You know, there were smartphones way before iPhone. And iPhone came out and they just made smartphones rock. And Apple has, has done the same thing with Apple Pay. They've taken an old technology, NFC, and they've made it rock. And that's what you're going to see. You're going to see uh, in the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot of people using Apple Pay. But what has to happen in order for it to, to really take off is all the point of sale, all the point of sale systems, you know, all the places where you swipe your credit card, mm. all need to be upgraded so they all receive or they all can use NFC, near field communications. So, Robert, uh, back, back to the, the chip and pin technology. Um, I, I actually don't understand why it's better. And, and so I, I know now we have the credit card with the magnetic strip and we swipe it and they can take the number because they just swipe it into their own machine. Now, the, the chip and pin, uh, yeah, granted, you have to you put the card in, in a different direction. You, you enter like a, a pin, whatever. Why, why can't they still steal the number then? Yes, I, I failed to answer that. I failed to tell you that from the very beginning. The, the magnetic stripe, the data is in what's called plain text, oh. which is what it says it is. Huh. It's plain. Like, it's it's obvious. It's right there. It's like, it's in... It reads so the my, number, right. My number is in plain text on that magnetic strip. That's what you're telling me. Exactly. Wow, I did not know that. Whereas, um, with the uh, chip, it's all encrypted. Uh. Yeah. So, that data just can't be easily skimmed. It can't be easily read. Like, it's it's... It's all in, you know, it's jumbleness. It's yeah, it's, it's all jumbled. Right. So does um does geography play a role in theft? Because I can tell you, uh, Andrew lives up in Hoboken, uh, near New York City, and he's had issues with people account takeovers. Whereas I live near Philadelphia, but mostly in the suburbs, uh, in, in South Jersey, and I've never, and I don't travel either, so I've I've really. I don't think I've ever ex- experienced someone taking over my account. So is it so? Does geography play uh, a role? So like well, for, you know, yeah, somebody cer- out in Omaha, right? Certainly, certainly, certainly. Okay. And, and here's how it works: uh, the border towns, like when I say border, like along the U.S. border up in Can- near Canada and um, near uh, Mexico. Yeah. Um, they experience a lot of fraud because uh, criminals they fly into Mexico, they fly into uh, Canada. And then they um, work the border towns, and then they go back over the border via car. So the the uh, Eastern Bloc, uh, Eastern Europe, that's 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 part of their credit card fraud is part of their economy. That, that's how they you know feed their families. They wow. they get they get in a plane, they fly into Canada, and it's easier to get into the U.S. by driving than than flying. Yeah. And uh, same thing, you know, they do the same thing in Mexico, and so um, that's a big problem over there. Uh, in in, the, in that part of the U.S., but then at the same time, you know, these criminals they also make their way deeper into the U.S. You know, deeper north, deeper south from Canada, from Mexico. But then you also have organized criminals that are, you know, they might be foreigners, or they might simply just be U.S. based, and they just understand the technologies. And you have these pockets of organized crime all over the place, 
and they could be in every large or small town. And so you just might have ha happen to have a concentration of meth addicts in your community that are really good at this type of fraud. M right. Must they consume meth? Is that like a? <laughs> it sounds like the mob 2.0. It's like they're they're going at they're going for more technology based crimes. It's a little bit of both. Like yeah. it's it's organized crime that um, you know it's mob 2.0 and it's 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 drug addicts. I mean hmm. it's it just is. You know, you, you just have certain cultures that uh, and when I say cultures, like it's everything from you know, certain, uh, demographics to certain, um, dysfunctions, you know, that, uh, just, just tend to gravitate towards certain crimes, you know? Right. And, um, meth addicts are just really good at it, you know, cause they stay up all night long. They break into mailboxes huh. I mean, they, they're pretty functional and, you know, it, and in certain parts of the country, that's more or less of a problem. And so you have various types of fraud that are more or less of a problem as well. And Breaking Bad. I mean, that's taken it to a whole new level. But when, um, I'm, I'm actually more worried about the mass crimes than I am so much of like the guy at the uh, gas station or a small retail store stealing my credit card and going on a spending spree buying a bunch of stupid shit. I'm more worried about the mass breaches that happen at Target where, I, you know, uh, last year, I think it was in November, they had a, a massive security breach and then Discover just sent me a new card because they knew that I had shot the target during that time when they had that breach. So it, there's really no way to protect yourself from those sorts of things, is there? You cannot protect yourself from credit card fraud at all. Damn. So at all. Like, you, like recite this once. I cannot protect myself from credit card fraud. So there's no sense in worrying about it. None. So right. I don't worry about credit card fraud. And I tell my audiences all the time, do not worry about credit card fraud don't worry about it don't think about it don't worry about it don't concern yourself about it it's not your problem because mm -hmm. you can't you cannot protect yourself from credit card fraud. i mean i guess you can just be aware of it so like i use a i mean andrew and i both use mint and when something happens that's out of the ordinary we, we sometimes get alerts or we get uh at least we get, we go through our basically our online statements and check to see if there's been any like weird activity on some place i've never been to or some purchase i've never made I like Mint too, and I use that as well. Yeah, and, and so when I while I say don't worry about credit card fraud, I also say you still have to do something about it. Right. And so subscribing to a service like Mint is one way to go, but there's also other things you can do that are even more effective. Uh, but I also I do I do multiple things. So in the security business, we talk about multiple layers of protection, and so the more things that you do, the more secure you're going to be. And that means that um, I do Mint, and then I also, you know, check my statements. I check them online, like every couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. right? So that's easy to do. And then all of your banks and credit card companies today have uh, smartphone apps, and so you download your bank or credit card company smartphone app, and through the smartphone app, they often give you—not always, but often—give you the ability to uh, check your statements every day if you wanted to. So that's it. That's a good way to go about that, you know, looking for unauthorized activity. And then some of these smartphone apps will also send you alerts or notifications letting you know every time there's a charge or a withdrawal or a deposit or whatever. American, excuse me, American Express is the best at this. Um, I have cards from various uh, accounts and American Express by far rocks. And so every single time a charge or a withdrawal is made, I get a text or I get an email every single time 
which is wonderful because I know of all the charges that occur in my cards, whether the card's present, the card's not present, it's over the phone, it's via, it's via the web, it doesn't matter. I get notification of that charge. So American Express keeps me fully in tune with all the activity in my card. Bank of America is pretty good at that. Citibank, not so much. Right. So Shitty bank, I call it. You know, uh, it, just, it is 2014. How can you not have that service if American Express has it? How can you not? Uh, you know, and it's it's funny because uh, you, I actually I use a bank called uh, for my checking account. It's an online bank called Simple, and I have a, a debit card with them. And every single time I make a purchase, I get a notification on my phone that says, "You know, you made this. You made this purchase." And and if 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 someone had ever gotten hold of my credit card and used it somewhere else, or my sorry, my debit card and used it somewhere else, a, an instant notification would appear on my phone, and I'd be able to transact or I'd be able to attack that. But one of the questions I had was debit card versus credit card. We yep. are big proponents of using a credit card over a debit card because there's more theft protection. Is that true? Agreed. Okay. Yes. Yes. I I do I do I have a bank card. Which means that uh, it's an it, it actually it says ATM card on it, right? And that means that there's no Visa, Mastercard logo on there. Oh, okay. So you can only hit the ATM and get cash out. That's it. You can only make a deposit or a withdrawal. You can't use it as a check card or a credit card. And because, like you said, there are more protections with a credit card than there is with a uh, debit card. By federal law, you actually have 60 days, two months to refute unauthorized transactions with the credit card, whereas with your with your uh, debit card, mm-hmm. two days. Oh wow! Yeah. What? Only <laughs> that's pretty incredible because I I I've told the story before where I've I got kind of taken advantage of on a taxi cab using my debit card. I'd called the next day and PNC actually fought for me and got you know at least to credit it my money back to me. And then did their own thing, you know, behind the scenes, and you know, maybe they got their money back, maybe they didn't. But uh, I thought that was nice. But yeah, if I only, I'm so glad that I called the next day and didn't wait any any longer than that. Right. So I say keep the debit card in your wallet, or just get rid of it, make an ATM card, get rid of that whole, you know, Visa Mastercard logo thing. Yeah. And then just have an, a, a bank, you know, ATM card, and then uh, just use your credit cards and pay attention to your statements. I use my American Express much more frequently than I use any other card. And then, you know, obviously you also get all kinds of freaking flyer miles. Sure. And points, and they're great for that. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, that's, that's all cards and account, ta- and account takeover and this and that, you know, but as far as your, your, the rest of it goes, you know, like I said earlier, you have to update your PCs, antivirus, anti-spyware, anti-phishing and a firewall. Like all that stuff is fundamental. Like you have to make sure that your, your, that your data on your devices are secure. That means. Uh, Passwords. All of- Passwords. So the devices themselves have to have password. Uh-huh. Like the device. Like yeah, I, I have that. Yeah. Your your mobile phone, your tablet, your laptop, your desktop. If you can get on any one of your devices without a password, and that device is lost or stolen, well, you're screwed. <laughs> right. You know. So you have to have a password protection on your devices. Like not having password protection on your devices is just ridiculously irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, you know, if you have cloud-based data. Oh, I do now. Yeah. Okay. So all of your cloud-based data is best protected with multi-factor authentication. And what that means is you have, um, you know, your username and your password. But then when you log in, it also sends a text to your mobile phone with a one-time password. 
So, for example, if you have Gmail or yeah, Google. Yeah, and I have Google Drive, too. This is where I'm storing all of my files. Do you have multi-factor authentication? I'm, I'm seriously looking right now. You need I, to do that. Yeah. That, that, is, that is, like, fundamental. You have to do that. Because here's the deal. Bad guy if they gets, have access to your email, that, that's, like, everything. Bad guy, owns your e- bad guy owns your email, they own you. Oh, I do not have it set up. <laughs> okay. Dude, I you, totally have that set up. I have the, the Authenticator app. Sorry, sorry. Tell, tell us about. Well, that's it. So you can use that Authenticator app or not. I find the Authenticator app to be a little clumsy. Um, I've, I've actually had some issues with it in the past. So I, I have foregone the Authenticator app. And every single time I need to get my one-time password from Google, they simply send me a text message. Hmm. What if they have your phone, though? Well, that's it. They'd have to have your phone. The bad guy would have to have your phone in order to get into your account. Look, there's no such thing as 100% security. Right. But the, 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 like, they can get your username. They can get your passcode. But then they also have to get your phone. You know, right. and, and then with your phone, they'd have to be able to get into your phone if it's password protected in order to get your one-time password. Right. So there's things you can do. You should do them all. And multi-factor authentication is the way to go. Is there is there a certain type of password you should use? So that's another good question. You guys are really good. Yeah. So <laughs> as, far as, as far as passwords go, first and foremost, you should never have the same password for two accounts. All uh, of your all of your accounts should require a different password. So if you have how, the same, how pass- do you feel about something like One Password that may store your passwords for you? Those are called password managers, and they manage your passwords. They can also create better and more secure passwords, uppercase, lowercase, numbers, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so I love password managers. I use a password manager too. And so all of my devices all have my password manager, and they, they sync across devices. They sync in the cloud. They sync locally. All my devices encrypted. And anytime I want to enter a password on any of my devices, I use my password manager. Not so functional on an iPhone. But overall, on laptops, it's great, on desktops. So you have to have a password manager so that you can manage all of your different passwords because you need a different password for every account. If you have the same password for all of your accounts and one of your accounts gets hacked, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's re- – <laughs> uh, I'm not – You're like I, the epitome of bad security. I, you're, yeah, I know I am. I, 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 I'm not saying that they all have the same password, but it's pretty – But they all have the same password. Yeah, pretty similar. I don't, I, I don't know, but – well, uh, here's the thing. Yeah. You have to have, at a minimum, your most critical accounts, iCloud, bank, credit card, email, most critical accounts definitely have to have different passwords. Like if you have you know, a dozen ancillary little lame accounts that do nothing, don't sure. have, that aren't connected to your finances, then you can have you know, uh, the same password. But like eBay, Amazon, stuff like that, anything that involves your money, PayPal, mm-hmm data all have to have different passwords hmm yeah i'm probably gonna have to do that um but to go a little bit on pure identity theft that's is that still common because i've I've seen the movie which is a comedy but uh is that still prevalent 10 million people a year are being affected by it really yeah so here's the thing to protect yourself from new account fraud pure identity theft you do one of two things, and I got to tell you, and I got a jet. All right. All right. So you um, get what's called a credit freeze. Are you familiar with the credit freeze? Uh, no. All right. So 
you guys are in the money game. You mm -hmm. should be familiar with the credit freeze and you should get a credit freeze today. Okay. So credit freeze locks down your credit report so that nobody can open up new lines of credit without thawing or unfreezing or mm -hmm. unlocking your credit. Mm -hmm. So here's what I want you to do. This is easy. Go online and Google the term credit freeze in quotes and then Experian. And in another search, credit freeze, TransUnion. Another free, another search, credit freeze, Equifax. So all three credit bureaus, three different searches, the word credit freeze. And on the first page of search, you're going to find the credit bureau's page where you go online and you, you freeze your credit. Now, this process is going to require a bit of your uh, data. They're going to want your social, which is fine. They're going to want like some form of an affidavit, which is fine. And then once your credit's all frozen, they're going to provide you with a username and a password and a website to visit when you want to thaw your credit or unlock it. So the day that you want to, you know, jump carriers and go from AT&T to Verizon or yeah. get, get, a, get a new credit card you have, or, or, or lease a car and you're going to, you know. Anytime you get a credit check, yeah. You've got to thaw your credit. You've got to yeah. do it like a, a few days ahead of time, but it's easy. Like how often are you actually getting a credit check? Right. Once a year? Mm-hmm. Once every two years. I mean, we're all adults here. We're, it's not like we're getting a new credit card every two weeks. Right. Well, some so, people, but yeah, I, I get you. Well, but really, though, I mean, when you think about it, people don't really check their credit more than once a year, if that. Mm -hmm. And so if you're getting a credit check, then you thaw your credit ahead of time. A credit freeze is great. So do that and do it now, like as soon as possible. And then the next thing is, of course, identity theft protection. Now, it costs a couple bucks, like 10 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month, depending. If you're a family of four, it's going to cost you $250, $300 a year. I'm a big fan of identity theft protection because, like I said earlier, in the security business, we're all about multiple layers of protection. The more layers you have, the more secure you're going to be. Identity theft protection is uh, another layer on top of a credit freeze. And one of the companies I work with is bestidtheftcompanies.com. Again, that's bestidtheftcompanies.com. That's P-A-N-Y-S.com. And what we do is, is we rate all the different identity theft protection services, how they work, what they do, the value, and all, and so on oh, and so cool. forth. So I, I have both. I have a credit freeze and identity theft protection. And as long as you do all those things, you're going to be good. Right. Well, very good. So, uh, and, and you have the book, right? 99 Things You Wish You Knew Before Your Identity Was Stolen. And you can Correct. find that. Where can you find that app? Amazon. Amazon. Okay. And ID Theft Security is your main website, IDTheftSecurity.com? IDTheftSecurity.com is where you can find me. All right. Excellent. And are you on social media at all? Yeah, just Google me. I'm everywhere. Excellent. Perfect. Well, uh, Robert, thank you so much for being on the show, man. You rock, gents. Anytime. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions about identity theft or, or anything related to personal finance, you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. I, I use two-factor. Matt <laughs> is going to use two-factor. I already set it up. I was I set it up literally during the interview. <laughs> it took me two seconds. It really was. It really was that easy. It sent me a text, and I have lost my phone before. And oh, dude, dude I, like I lost my phone I didn't in January. Have a pin or anything, you feel naked. I lost my phone in January. I did have a pin on it, but I also have now. I have the iPhone five, so I can just put my thumb on it and it unlocks. I have a pin on my iPad. I have a pin on my laptop and a pin on my desktop, mostly because I don't want people looking at my porn. Uh, <laughs> I wish I were kidding. It's that bad? I wish I were kidding. <laughs> it's that bad. No. Uh, so, uh, Fish. huh? Fish porn. What? What the hell? I don't is know. Fish I'm porn? just guessing what what. Uh, yeah, I'm in the fish porn. That's what it is. 
Well, that's what I thought. I'm yeah. glad you agree. Well, anyway, uh, if you guys really like the show, download or subscribe to our download. Subscribe to our podcast on whatever app you're using. Could be Overcast. Could be the iTunes app. Could be the Android whatever version they have out. Subscribe. It is delivered to you before you wake up in the morning. Yep, six a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's real early if you live on the on the West Coast. So. Uh, yeah, do that. And also, if you really like the show, you should leave a review, which you can leave on iTunes or Stitcher. We are getting lots of great reviews, and we read one at the end of every show, like the one I'm about to read from SSC1415 from the United States. The title is Great, Interesting, Relatable, Five Stars. Simple one sentence. I like Matt's personal finance stories and Andrew's investment talk. Oh, yeah. So good. So simple. I love it. <laughs> Uh, check out our website. It's listenmoneymatters.com and our toolbox where we mentioned uh, some of the things on this show. They're all in there. Listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. It's all one word. T-O-O-L-B-O-X. Mm. A uh, couple of things before we wrap up. If you're still with us, and I hope mm. that you are. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. We're, we're, we're testing this for the entire month of November. We have a financial rant hotline. What that means, what that means is you call up this number I'm about to give, and you just rant. It's a it's a messaging, sir. You know, it's like a, leaving a voicemail for us. So it'd be like, ah, I lost my phone. Didn't have two factor authentication. I had to change my name. I'm not a person anymore. Love you. Listen, money matters. This is Matt. Bot. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what you would do. And uh, if you leave a message and it's clean ish, <laughs> if it's you know not. Um, you know, don't implicate anybody or any particular group of people. Uh, we will we will play it at the end of the show. And if we get a lot, we'll keep doing it. If people hate it, actually give us your feedback. Email us at listenmoneymatters.gmail.com or check us out at Twitter at, at MoneyMattersMan or Facebook. Let us know. Facebook.com. As you know, like, we listen to all positive feedback and delete all negative yep, feedback. Yep, that's all we do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, when we actually so like if the, you, the negative actually, feedback the best. How hilarious would it be if somebody called up and – ranted about how much they hate the personal finance rant <laughs> <laughs> well then we would have to include that in uh, the, we uh, would have to include that and then we would that would be the last one you ever hear anyway uh no so the number is 856-818-3738 again it's 856-818-3738 call the number leave a rant we'll see if it works out if it doesn't i mean it's more work for me editing wise so mm, i'd be sure. glad if it went away <laughs> but hey it's fun for everyone so that's right uh, another thing I want to mention is this charity battle we're in with the Stacking Benjamins podcast. Uh, Joe from Stacking Benjamins, his son, is uh, teaming up with about 90 people to do a bike ride from Austin, Texas, all the way to Anchorage, Alaska. That's a fucking Pretty far. Hard. Yeah, it's a hardcore track. Mm -hmm. And they're doing it to raise uh, money for cancer research. And what we're doing is we're putting up our money and we are reaching out to you guys to put up your money to donate to this cause because we are trying to actually beat the Stacking Benjamins podcast to see who can raise the most money. And I think we just, can do just, it. Just imagine this. Joe raises awesome son who's going to ride 4,000 miles to support cancer. And mm -hmm. as a great dad, he's going to promote his son and try and make sure that uh, his audience brings, you know, Charity money yeah. to help his son. And here we are, two 30-year-old assholes, and we're going to be better dads to his son than he <laughs> Oh, is. come on. <laughs> and we're going to raise more money. Here's, the, here's, here's, what's, here's what happens if we win, and vice versa. Mm. If, he, if Stacking Benjamins wins, we have to promote 
and say very nice things about Stacking Benjamin's podcast on our podcast for an entire, what's it, two weeks? I think two weeks. Yeah, two yeah. weeks. But if if we win, he has to do the exact same thing for us. So what we want to do is have him talk up Listen Money Matters on every episode for two weeks. So that's what we want. Go to listenmoneymatters.com slash Texas 4000, all one word, and it'll take you right to the Texas 4000 website. You're going to put in uh, who you want to ride for. You're going to type in Listen Money Matters, and then you're going to put in money. If you put in just a shit ton of money, which is a write-off, a tax deduction, mm. by the way, for, for us financial people, uh, you know, we can beat them. <laughs> one, all it takes is one person with a giant, giant purse <laughs> to, to beat them. <laughs> but just go to uh, listenmoneymatters.com slash Texas4000. Look, we're, this is for cancer research. We do we want to do something good. We're going to be continually teaming up with charities throughout the uh, the, his, the the length of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so this is just the first, and we want everybody to be um, altruistic and philanthropic. That's not a word, but philanthropic. Philanthropic. Thank you. Mm. Uh, so lastly, I'd like to thank Betterment for being a sponsor on the show. Thank you, Betterment. We love yeah. Betterment. And that's it. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. And we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. Thank <laughs> you.